dude, dude, check it out. I've what, got what? I, it, it's just turned up. Um, can you not see it? This huge box. It's it's what I did was I, I hit eBay and I just ordered a Jeep. That's it, right? Um, no, uh, this guy was selling all of his video games consoles and all of his games and stuff. And I was like, yes, I could finally get like Ooh. a NES and a Mega Drive and a PlayStation all over again and all the games. And then the plan is to set up a video games room, you know, because we've got that spare room. So I'm just going to do that, right? And that'll be awesome. So come and check this out, right? Okay. I've got the box here. So you, you ready? Right? I'm mm-hmm. going to open it up, right? Yep. Ugh, he's really tipped it down. Oh no! Oh no! What? Talk to me. What? Old mini consoles. Do 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 shrink me. Use the ray. Shrink me. Don't even worry about it. Chuck me in. I'll solve this. Chuck me in the box. And welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors podcast. I have no idea which episode number this is, but it's greater than zero. So we're doing it's really well. <laughs> yeah, we're doing really, really well. Uh, with me, as always, as you just heard, it's Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Excellent. So for the people who may not have heard the show before, maybe you're coming into this episode rather than hearing some of the earlier ones. Um, usually we have guests on, but uh, these th- this episode at the very least is going to be a discussion between myself and Squidge all about these damned mini consoles. And, mm. um, you know, uh, I've, I've started writing some blog posts about them and how maybe they're useful, maybe they're not. But we're going to focus on two very specific mini consoles today. We're going to mm. talk about the Mega Drive Mini. And we're also going to talk about the PlayStation 1 Classic. Mm. The reason for those two is because Squidge and I are huge Mega Drive fans. um, Mm. And, you know, we had one with loads of games and we used to love playing that. And we're also big PlayStation fans. Um, I'm not a fan of the PlayStation Classic because uh, for reasons that I brought up in an earlier episode. Dude, spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you haven't heard that episode, go back. Uh, There'll be a link in the show notes. So click on your podcatcher thing, device and then click through to wafflingtailors.rocks link for the show notes, and then there'll be a link directly to that episode where we talk about it. But yeah, essentially, it's it's it's, it's an underpowered machine. But anyway, we're not going to worry about that. So we're going to talk about the Mega Drive Mini, right? Because, you know, what's good about it, what's not so good about it, all that kind of stuff. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Whilst Sega was late to um, the mini consoles, the classic consoles, they actually produced something that was actually quite good, compared to mm. like the at games consoles, you know, those ones that were like, here's a mega drive and it has no cartridge slots in it, but you could plug it into your TV and play loads of games from like four or five years ago, those ones. So it's a little bit better than that. The PlayStation one that came before that is an absolute disgrace. Um, it's not very good <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, yeah. so we'll, we're going to touch on both of those machines, but first we're going to talk about them, the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis Classic Mini. I'm not entirely sure what the title is, but you know, this is, this is a console that came out in 2019, you know, so it's, it's pretty good. 
it does emulate the console pretty well. There are a few games that it doesn't do so well with, but that's mainly because, you know, the Mega Drive was a notoriously uh, open-ended system to program for. And I mean, all of these mini consoles are running emulators, right? So they're not, they're not built to be a small version of say the Mega Drive or the NES or the SNES. It is a small form factor computer along the same lines as a Raspberry Pi, but with a bunch of emulators thrown on, right? Mm. And so, you know, some of those uh, chips, especially the sound chips in the Sega Mega Drive, the Sega um, Genesis, whatever you want to call it, are uh, notoriously difficult to get right in in emulators. People have tried for a long time and, were, you know, they've put loads of effort into it and we're maybe 90% of the way there. But it's essentially because it's it's three chips that provide the sound, right? You've got a Yamaha synthesizer and a Texas Instruments wavetable controlled by a second processor. So this was before, like, this was before the Atari Jaguar came out. So, you know, the Atari Jaguar famously had three processors and, you know, at the time people weren't really into multiprocessor programming and all that kind of stuff so ahead of its time exactly very ahead of its time but the interesting thing is that the sega mega drive is essentially just an amiga so there's like there's not really that much different yeah yeah yeah. so you could take the accessories for the amiga like the controllers and the um joysticks just plug them straight into the mega drive and they would just work oh i didn't know that Yeah, yeah, which is it's also why a lot of the games that came out for Mega Drive that weren't first party, so a lot of the non-Sega ones, were you know ported over from the Amiga because it's a very similar architecture. It doesn't require a lot of stuff to change to actually make it work. A, a quicker uh, turnout, turnover. Exactly right. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to essentially run through the 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 conceit for our discussion today. I realise I've been talking for most of this, <laughs> but the conceit mm. for the discussion is essentially Squidge and I have been given an unlimited budget, and by that I mean we're we're going to pretend we've got a Mega Drive Mini that's been hacked, and we're essentially going to replace some of the games that are on there for games that we would want to play. You know, because the Mega Drive Mini it actually ships with a huge number of games, and that's mm-hmm. mainly because the games are small, but also you know because they're not they're not that complex, and because these devices have a lot of uh, hard drive, uh, a lot of memory space. And one of the things that came out very shortly after the the SNES Mini, NES Mini. Mega Drive Mini and the PlayStation Mini was that these things are notoriously easy to modify and put your own games and emulators on. So, you know, people know how to do this. And there's actually an app you could download. I don't recommend you doing it, but there's an app that you could download for Windows. You just plug in your Mega Drive Mini over the network. It picks it up and does it all for you, which is amazing, right? Mm, But, yeah, the app's probably really good, but with modifying anything, there's always a risk of bricking it. Of course, right? You know, so however small or large that is, there's always that risk. That's exactly it, right? So, um, going into this, we're talking about a theoretical device where this is kind of a boring legal disclaimer, but we don't recommend that you a either source illegal downloads for ROMs or um, break into the uh, systems that you have, regardless of how easy it is, because mm. you know, <laughs> illegally downloading ROMs is illegal, and yeah. you know, if you start futzing around with the stuff that's installed on your Mega Drive Mini, then you know you could void the warranty, and if something breaks, you've got no recourse for that. So mm. you know, just 
don't don't be, do be what we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. yeah, be wary of it. Do your own due diligence and don't blame us if something breaks. <laughs> but yes, so with that said, we're actually going to talk through all of the games that are on there. And Squidge and I have actually produced a list of games that we would swap over. Usually uh, in the show notes, we actually tag each episode with all of the games that are in there. So hmm. this is going to be a massive list that we talk about. So hmm. if you want to go check out the show notes and you can see the games that we talk about. But anyway, let's get started, right? So the first game on the Mega Drive Mini, there are lots of games. Um, check your check your podcatcher for if you want to skip over this for a time code or something. But yeah, we really like the Mega Drive. We like the Mega Drive Mini. There's a number of games that we don't like. So we're going to swap those just, out, right? Just a quick question. Can you actually see the logo from the Mega Drive, you know, it says Sega. Can you actually see that logo without hearing it in your mind? Oh, yeah, I can't see the Sega logo with the scanlines on it without hearing Sega. Someone mentioned it on um, Twitter earlier on today, and I just saw it and I just kept giggling. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can't see that logo without hearing it, and you're (laughs) absolutely right. So, so yeah, the first game on the list... The first game on the list of, of games on the console is Alex Kidd in Enchanted Castle. Hmm. Now, I'm a big fan of Alex Kidd. Uh, Alex Kidd was one of those wonderful mascots that Sega had. They had a revolving door of mascots just before they came up with Sonic. And Alex Kidd is a fun... I, I like it. You know, I, I liked the the bundled game with the Master System. I used to play that yeah. all the time. What is it? The uh, the Jan Ken, you know, the rock, paper, scissors. I yeah. love that. Right? I could so never I'm do it. A, well, I mean, it's a very specific um, uh, sequence. So the problem was that you had to get that far into the game to learn the sequence to die to mm. start it all over again, or yeah. indeed get a strategy guide or something. But yeah, so I'm quite happily keeping that. Uh, mm. What about you, Squidge? If you had the ability to swap it over, would you swap Alex Kidd in Enchanted Castle for something? I'd, I'd leave it alone because um, further into the game, when you actually get into the castle, it kind of turns into a very, very hard puzzle again. So it's kind of like Super Meat Boy, but on the Mega Drive. It's um, a lot of things can kill you very quickly, and there's not many starting points. I think you've got to start right back from when you go into the castle. So it's very, yeah. very difficult. I, I couldn't do it. Not the Enchanted Castle, but I keep it because it's, it's a bit of nostalgia. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I'm interested in the idea of Super Meat Boy on the Mega Drive, if I'm honest. <laughs> that would be an absolute rage-inducing game. I'm pretty sure if you downscaled the graphics of the maps, you could probably get at least a couple of levels on a cartridge. Well, maybe. maybe, yeah, maybe that's something for the listeners to figure out how to do. You know, somebody, somebody out there somewhere who's an indie games developer should be able to create a Super Meat Boy clone for the Mega Drive, right? Yeah, that's your homework. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, game number two is Alicia Dragoon. Now, I have never played this game and had to rely I, I actually on YouTube. Have. Oh, you have? Yeah, it's kind of like, um, have you ever played Kadash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Side-scrolling, you level up a bit, I think. It's it's your bog-standard 2D side-scrolling game where you go through a load of levels and then beat a boss with, a, oh, right, with okay. sort of like a throwaway storyline. You play as Alyssa... She's had something wrong done to her, and you get revenge, essentially. Oh, I, I, see. Th- okay. I think it's two-player. I only ever played it by myself, so I wouldn't know. Sure, okay. So um, I had to 
I will happily admit that I had to rely on um, YouTube to figure out what this was. And there's um, there's actually a really good video. We'll link to it in the show notes, but there's a video by G to the Next Level where he basically breaks down every single game and ranks them in his sort of preference order. I remember him saying it's a, it's a fun game to play, but gets a bit repetitive because it is just like a run and gun, you know, but with yeah. magic. You know? And then yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But mm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace it with okay. a better run and gun. Go on. Alien 3. Oh. Dude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> much better, much better. It's faster paced. Completely different from the SNES game, obviously. You, have, um, you ever played the NES version of it? I have not. Oh, so much harder than the Mega Drive version. Oh, right, okay. You've, got, oh, you've got two buttons. Shoot, jump, jump and, shoot, yeah. and there's a there's an actual. It's not you don't push select to change your weapon. There's a like a combo of buttons you got to push to change the weapons. Oh, it's, right, I see. It's not. <laughs> but it's it's based on the on the the Mega Drive version, right? Uh, yeah, it's essentially the same as the Mega Drive version, but the graphics are a bit obviously because it's the NES. The yeah. the graphics aren't exactly the same. That's interesting. The NES version is based on the Mega Drive version, whereas the Whereas the SNES version is completely different. Yeah, it's all mission-based, isn't it? Mm. Which is yeah, weird. It's, it's kind of like a mixture between the Alien 3 game on the on the Mega Drive and Metroid. You know, it's that mission-based, run over here and do this, run over here and do that sort of thing, rather than it being a set of levels. Yeah, it was always weird anyway, because the... I mean, spiral light if I have to put it in, but... You know, at the end of the film, the whole point is Ripley dies. Yeah. And at the end of the game, she walks off having saved everyone. Exactly. But I think at that point, maybe the majority of sort of casual video games weren't ready for a downer ending. There were downer endings before that, but they weren't ready for it, I think. Mm. So, yeah. So what about you, Squidge? Are you keeping Alicia Dragoon or are you swapping it for something? Well, the thing is, I've played it, so I'll probably keep it, to be honest. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. One thing to note, dear listener, is Squidge has seen my list, but I haven't seen his, so <laughs> all of these are completely new to me, right? So next on the list is um, that old classic based very, very, very loosely on Greek mythology, Altered Beast. All I've got to say about that is Zeus, save your own damn daughter. <laughs> check the uh, check the show notes for a link. Uh, Squidge has written about Altered Beast in the past, and... Um, yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's a bit if you're going into it hoping that it would be something like Streets of Rage, you're in for a bad time. It is a side scrolling beat 'em up, but a slow slide scrolling. And it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like you, if you had a bullet hell game but you had to fight. And you move really slow, but the enemies come at you at the same speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it does get a bit uh, difficult to play. But anyway, yes, I would keep Altered Beast. What about you, Squidge? i keep it. Just uh, two little tidbits about Altered Beast that I found out. First of all, the arcade cabinet game, when it was in the arcade, it had movie FMVs between levels. Oh. And like the intro and the, the, the credits, you know, the scene before the credits, it was like a full, fully filmed movie for all the cutscenes and stuff. And I also found out, I think it's the NES version, Instead of the bear on the third level, you became a shark. 
So today I learned that there was a NES version of Altered Beast. It was either the NES version or the arcade version, one of the two, but you could become a shark in it. And I haven't really? played that version yet. I want to. <laughs> I want to be a shark. <laughs> yeah, right. If you can if you can be a shark, be a shark. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd definitely keep Altered Beast. Okay, fair enough. So we're keeping Altered Beast. Uh, you're keeping Lissy Dragoon. I'm swapping it for Alien 3. And we're both keeping Alex Kidd. That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what about... Now, this is another one I had never heard of before. Beyond Oasis. I've got no idea. I had to hit Google to do lots of researching, you know, reading on Wikipedia and watching some Let's Plays to get an idea of what the game was. And yeah, I'm not keeping it. It's a, a, it, It's kind of like the SNES Legend of Zelda games. Right. That's how it plays. And it looks like you play as a pirate. I remember playing this back in the day, but I was I was kind of too young to know what the hell I was doing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean, for me, you know, I'm going to swap it for Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Is that something? I knew that was going to make an appearance somewhere. You know, I mean, you talk about the controversy revolving around him. We're not going to talk about that. You talk about the did he or didn't he write the music for Sonic 3? And, you know, the the proof is in the pudding. He did write the music for Sonic 3. It was a launch title for the Mega Drive, wasn't it? Moonwalker? Uh, I honestly can't remember. Um, I I think I remember when we got one. You know, when you get, like back in the day, when you got um, a console and you looked at the back and it had a list of games that it was being released with, you know, launch games. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Moonwalker was on it because you had Sonic, you had Moonwalker, there was Gold Max. I think there was Road Rash or Super Hang On and something else. There was, there was like a list of 10. I'm pretty sure there was a football game on there as well. Okay. Well, there you go, you see. That's something I didn't know. You, you're hitting me with loads of knowledge bombs today, Squidge. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would happily swap a little bit of uh, behind the scenes here. What I actually did was I pulled up the list and went, don't want that, don't want that, don't want that, don't want that. <laughs> and then just literally thought of games that, that I would have on the console and just shove them in in the order that I thought of them. So I'm not, like, I'm not saying swap this game for that game because... Um, I'm swapping the game over because I don't want that game. You know what I mean? I've I've actually done the opposite. I've tried to switch games for either I don't like that style of game, so I thought of one, or the type of game. I thought, well, there's that type of game, but I'll switch it for something else that's similar. So I've I've put a bit more, I don't want to say effort, but mine's a bit more in-depth. <laughs> Fair enough. You could say a bit more effort. That's not a problem. But yeah, okay, I actually put effort into this where you just went, I don't want that, throw, throw up. Here's my stuff in. I mean, that's there's some effort involved, right? But no, um, <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would, I would happily sit and play Moonwalker a lot. A lot of people worry about the imagery of him saving little girls, but then what else are you going to save? You know, and and as much as I I love playing it, I don't, I still to this day don't get why the graveyard level has another part of me in the background, other than mm. Bad was the album out at the time. But you know, that's well, it. Was was it actually? Did they get the okay from like MJ Productions to actually do it? Because I was going to say, I know the the arcade game was it was like endorsed by them, and they came up with some artwork and stuff for the arcade game for some of the enemies and what have you. But I wasn't too sure about the the Mega Drive and Master System port. Yeah, that was a that was a co-production between Sega and um, MJJ Productions. So oh. yeah, he had the sign off. I get like I say, I guess it was because. 
bad was the album at the time. So it might have been that the way Thriller is, it's got a bit of a slow start to it. Yeah, it's not as like Thriller itself is a slightly slower song than um, another part of me. So maybe another part it. of me just bangs straight into it, doesn't it? It's very that's iconic true. with how that's it starts, da, da, you know, straight into it instead of a a slow footsteps first, that's and then. True. So it might have yeah. just been for the sake of just get the music straight out there. Yeah, you know, or, or it might have been. It might have been. It'd be hard to reproduce on a synthesizer. Uh, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. So yeah, it, it I, could have been a hardware limitation. I do know that there are a lot. It doesn't sound like it, but there are a lot of instruments involved in Thriller. And you know the um, the wolf howling noises. That's mm. not a wolf. That is Michael Jackson himself imitating a wolf. You will hear that now. Every time you hear, every time you listen to Thriller, you'll hear him doing it. You won't hear a wolf anymore. I've just ruined your experience. Yeah. Just coming from two people that had a, on VHS of all things, a Thriller and making of Thriller behind the scenes. It showed you behind the scenes and there's, there's him with the, the wolf mask on on the hands and stuff. And he's, he's looking at the hand. And in the, in the video, when you're in the music video, you can hear him howling. But then behind the scenes, it's just him screaming really high pitched so they could slow it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how you make those sort of howling noises as you. You hear this really guttural sound, but it's just MJ screaming really high pitched and it's really odd to to remember it. (laughs) Sorry if that broke the immersion for anyone. (laughs) But that's that's what it was. It was like, it's more of a high pitched scream than it was a howl, which was weird. Interesting thing to point out is that the arcade game, like you mentioned there, Squidge, is completely different to the... Um, the it's three-player for a start. Yeah, yeah. There was a sort of isometric top-down... I want to say beat-em-up, but it wasn't a beat-em-up. It was... You know, he shot like magic, a, didn't he? Yeah, so it's kind of like a runny-shooty game, top-down isometric. And yeah. you can still do the same thing where you can push a button and make everyone dance and stuff. But like the level designs and the music were all ever so slightly different um the 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 favorite one of mine is the boss music which i remember you having as a ringtone on your phone for when you know mama waffler called you it it wasn't just that i had it as a alarm music for in the morning because it'd wake me up i'd wake up in a panic every morning and that'd get me out of bed straight away (laughs) (laughs) what what oh yeah it's just my phone the other thing to point out is that the other home console releases of it so like the uh, home pc versions so like the Amstrad and the Spectrum and stuff, they were different again. They were top down, run away from everything in the in the style of Gauntlet, but without the um, violence of it. Well, there was a Spectrum version. Yeah, yeah, there were loads of versions of this game. Oh, yeah. So yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So what would you are you keeping Beyond Oasis Squidge, or are you swapping it out for something? I'm sort of indifferent to it. I just leave it on. To be honest, okay. There's a, so there's you- a few that I'm going to say like that. Just leave it on for the sake of it. Okay, that's fair enough. That's not a problem. So next on the list, as we work our way down, is Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. Now, I do remember playing this game. And yeah, it's it's a beautiful game to look at. It's, it looks like a cartoon, you know. And as much as I do like, as much as I do like the odd um, platformer, the jump around, collect things and shoot stuff that, that we have, I just, I don't know. I think, I honestly think as a platformer running from left to right, Rolling Thunder 2 is just better. <laughs> yeah, and it's two-player as well. Exactly, right? So, so it's the third yeah. one, but the second one's better. Yeah, so I'm happy with swapping out Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse with the Rolling Thunder 2.
because you know it was a it was an action title. It was a very clearly it was an arcade game, whereas Castle of Illusion was built from the ground up as a console game. You, you can tell that, and you know it was run from left to right, shoot loads of bad guys, rescue the president's daughter or whatever it was, and you know they they had this cool thing where you could. If you walked past the door, you can hit up on the controller and your character would go into the in through the door and maybe they'd get extra health or ammo or, or just sometimes a place to get some cover from all the enemies. It was really yeah. quite cool. I'd probably leave the Castle of Illusion, um, but I'd just keep it on there because it's a classic. Okay. Um, and then It's, like it's if- one of those iconic games for the Mega Drive, like some of the other ones with the mascots. You know, sure. like, like Alex the Kid, it's, it's like an iconic game. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I totally get that. So you're going to keep Castle of Illusion Story and Mickey Mouse, and I'm going to get rid of it. Mm. That's not a problem. Okay. So next on my list is Castlevania Bloodlines, which what a game. Now you see, I oh. do, I do like a Castlevania game, but the the storyline for this one is just bonkers, right? So in the original Castlevania, you've got to find Dracula or Alucard because uh, Dracula was still under copyright at that point, um, and you got to kill Dracula. Castlevania Two was um, you have to travel the world to find the parts of the body of, of Dracula to put him back together to kill him again because he's put a curse on your family. And a bunch of other Castlevania games are like that. But this one is bonkers. It's, you've got to get uh, Dracula's niece. Would, because would, you like, would you like me to explain the story? Sure. Because I, I know a lot about this. So the, the game is actually set during either World War One or World War Two. Sure. Okay. And you play, I think it's Jonathan Morris and someone else i don't think it's it might be trevor belmont and you, you play you, so there's trevor belmont with a whip and another guy with a lance his name escapes me i do apologize and what you're doing is you're chasing i think it's camilla which is one of dracula's generals sure. across europe and she is using resurrected bodies from the war to create an army to stop you from stopping her plans and her plans is to create as much chaos as possible to create the right atmosphere to resurrect dracula and by the time you get to camilla it's the obligatory boss rush mode before the final boss she's the boss and then you fight dracula again because he's been resurrected but you go from like greece to italy to a weapons factory to all sorts of places it's it's got some really cool levels on it that you wouldn't normally see in a castlevania game because it's not in the confines of just um, like Castlevania, the actual castle's called Vania. I, I only found that out the, the other week. So you're not confined within the concepts of um, or the the grounds of a castle. You're going all over the place trying to chase her and stop her affecting the war. So it's it's a it's a neat little. I think it's a neat little storyline to it, and you know it's a bit different. It was, as far as I know, there might have been a second Castlevania on the Mega Drive, but I think that's the only one. Mm. I could be wrong, but it was a, it was a neat little idea. Yeah, definitely. And, and I did know, like it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's bonkers, but I agree. And that's why I'm choosing to keep it. Because, yeah, I am as know, well. <laughs> you can't beat a Castlevania game. Every every console that I've ever had up to the PlayStation 2 and all of the little sort of handheld ones, I've always looked for, is there a Castlevania game avail- available for this? Or maybe a Metroidvania-type clone and I've always wanted to to play those games because they are genuinely loads of fun. You need to get the ones on Game Boy Advance then. Yeah, the Aria of Sorrow and stuff like that. Aria of Sorrow was a bit naff. No, hang on. Is that the one where you play as the the guy who I who I call the um the Japanese idol with a big white coat? 
I honestly can't remember, dude. I just remember both of them being loads of fun. Well, there's three of them on the GBA. Oh, right, okay. Circle <laughs> known Harmony of Dissonance and Area of Sorrow. I think Area of Sorrow is the, it's the one with the most bonkers story. Right, I remember okay. that. I think Circle of the Moon, you played as a successor to one of the guys who was taking control of the the Vampire Hunter Whip, I think. So you don't play as uh, Belmont at all. You play as someone else. Okay. And he gets kidnapped and you run in trying to save him. Harmony of Dissonance, you do play as a Belmont. Is the one with the? It's the one where he's got grey hair, a red coat, and he's always got a blue outline. Oh, that one! I love that one. Yeah, that's the one we actually play as a Belmont. That guy's a Belmont, and I only knew I did a lot of research on this the other week, sure. and I found out. So, yeah, there's there's three on the GBA. I think there's three on the DS. There's a title on the PS2. There's a remake on the PS2. Don't count the ones on the Wii though, because that's just like a, a Tekken style fighting game, which is weird. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, I'd definitely keep that on there. Went on a bit of a tangent there. But definitely no, keep cool. Castlevania because it's just, it's it's pick up and play, despite the fact a lot of them are like save states and stuff. And it's one of those where I'll happily go, you know what, I can't remember what I did. I'm going to start again and love it. Sure, okay. <laughs> so we're keeping Castlevania Bloodlines. We're both keeping that one. That's good. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Okay, uh, so next on the list is Columns. Now, Columns, I don't know. I mean... Don't get me wrong, it's a nice little diversion, but it is just very clearly a Sega saying, can we sort of somehow cash in on this Tetris craze? And Mm -hmm. it very, very clearly shows. So (laughs) it's fun, but it lasts about 30 seconds and then you're done, unless you're really into Tetris. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to swap it from Columns to Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Oh, what a game. Never completed it, but what a game. It was impressive for what it was. Um, mm. It had the sort of size and scale. Each stage had the size and scale of a Sonic level. Um, if you ever actually zoom out on a Sonic level, there's so much going on. So mm. it had the size and scale of that. It was a little slower paced. It wasn't as fast paced as like a Sonic game or many of the other platformers on the um on, on the Mega Drive. And it's definitely not as uh, fast paced as the Spider-Man game for the PlayStation. But it did have that feeling of this area is massive. And like you could, if there were civilians, you could get the civilians with your um, with your web and you have to take photographs of the enemies and photographs of Spider-Man. There was this like dual, you weren't just supposed to rush through the levels and beat the boss. You had to obviously think about how am I going to take a photograph of this so that then I can make some money to, yeah. Yeah, you got money for the photographs and you had to like um, recharge your web between levels, didn't you? Mm-hmm. It cost you money to um, get more web cartridges, which was weird. Yeah. But it's based on the the cartoon of the I think it's the Amazing Spider-Man in the nineties, where he didn't actually have the web powers; he had shooters from his wrists. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually so, a mechanical thing he had. So yeah, we definitely swap that out. What about you, Squidge? Are you keeping columns, or are you getting rid of it? I'd probably keep it because because uh, of two reasons. One, Tetris when I was that age was really difficult for me to understand. Mm-hmm. So it was very simple. It was bright coloured. Perfect for a, a small kid wanting to play a game. It's brightly coloured. It had lots of weird sounds. Um, and secondly, it actually got me over a fear of loud, weird sounds. Oh, yeah, because of the, like that ping. Yeah, yeah. The, so a classic example is if anyone's ever played Wolfenstein 3D, the sound of you collecting a key yeah. freaked me the hell out when I was a kid. Well, I just I mean, I didn't were, like it. 
you were very, very young at the time, you know. I mean, I, mean, I was, I was like just, five, I think. Yeah, but. not just going with a joke, but like, you were very young. And if you don't mm. mind me saying, you were a little jumpy as a kid. So that's totally fine. Mm. Absolutely. I totally get that. But I'll, so I'll probably keep, keep it. I keep it just because it, it helped me get over the, the fear of weird noises. And it was bright and colourful. And even that young, it was easy enough for me to pick up. Oh, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a it's an interesting game to play. But like I said, half an hour in, you've done it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just getting slightly better at it. There's no real progression. There's progression of skill, but there's no mm. story. There's no achievement. It's just, oh, wow, I did mm. the next. You know, it's gotten a little bit faster or something. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, next next one on the list, Comic Zone. Test one two. <laughs> Sega. <laughs> That's exactly it. What a game that is! And I actually, in in preparation for this episode, I started thinking about Comic Zone and how it could potentially have a full three D remake. <sighs> You know, because I actually started scripting out the intro in my head. <laughs> now, I'm not a writer, but I could see it. You know, I could see it happening. Yeah. So that one is a definite keep for me. Well, the shameful part of it is that when you buy the Mega Drive Mini, you don't get the soundtrack on a CD like you did when you bought the console. Well, you did. Bought the cartridge. Yeah. When you bought the cartridge, this was the amazing thing about Comic Zone, right? Is that, um, oh dear, I can't remember the guy's name. Drossinger. Henry Drossinger? Harry Drossinger? Something Howard like Drossinger? Someone like that. The guy who wrote the music actually went and recorded it as if it was a grunge band, right? So the music you hear in the game is actually supplied as an album with lyrics as if it's done by Roadkill, the group. So Roadkill is the name of uh, Sketch Turner. That's the hero of the game. His rat is named after his group or his group is named after his rat. And all of the songs you hear in the game are songs that his band has written. Mm. And so, yeah, they... They recorded these songs and wrote loads of lyrics to it. A bit along the lines of like um, how when Scott Pilgrim became a movie, when Scott Pilgrim became a movie, they had to write a soundtrack to it and they got back in to record the soundtrack. It's real music, you mm. know what I mean? And it's it's not the best, but it's 90s grunge and it just sort of fits perfectly. The disc that you got supplied, it the, the front cover of it had the effect of like a time warp thing and Sketch is being dragged into it. So he's trying to reach out. Yeah. The other thing about the game is if you pause it and leave it long enough, when you pause it, it tells you the, the, the time you've played in the game as a speech bubble from Sketch. And if you leave it for a little bit, occasionally, it'll go from that to Sega. <laughs> yeah. And every time that happened, because, I just heard him saying Sega. Yeah, and, and it's because it was made... You see, this is what was great about it. It was made by Sega Technical Institute, which was Sega of America, without Sega of Japan's sort of influence. And that's why it's completely different to everything that Sega made at that point. Mm. But yeah, so I would happily keep that. I would happily, happily keep that. Because the conceit of the game is Sketch Turner is a comic book artist and he gets dragged into his own comic book. Um, and the, the big bad guy from the comic book gets dragged out and becomes sort of real. And the bad guy keeps drawing puzzles for you to solve and enemies for you to defeat. It's really good. Yeah, it, it was all possible because the, the, the apartment building he's in at midnight gets struck by lightning, of all things. Of course, and yeah. that's how it all starts. Yeah, yeah. So if you're ever in a lightning storm, stay away from anything you can get dragged into. It's my top tip. Just in case you get dragged into a, a movie or a TV, <laughs> a TV series or a book. Uh, especially exactly. in this case, a exactly. comic. Just stay away from them. <laughs> so would you keep comics on Squidge? Do I even need to answer that? Well, I've asked you, so yes. yes. I would. 
Excellent. Good man. Okay, so we're keeping com- uh, comics on. So next on the list, right, is Contra Hardcore. Now, I haven't played Contra Hardcore, but I have played the other Contra games. And comparing it to, you know, the Let's Plays and the images and stuff from my Google searches, all I have to say is two up, two down, left, right, left, right, B start. B A start. Oh, screwed that up. But yeah, um, <laughs> you know, if you don't know what that is, go check out um, Brental Floss's video on what if the Konami code had lyrics. So definitely check that out. What if Contra so I- had lyrics? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not very good at this today, am I? My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep it on there because it's one of those classics, pretty much like Castlevania. Yeah. It's There's been a, a Contra game on a lot of things, and yeah, it's, it's the first Contra game I played on an actual pad. So Yeah, they're, they're a load of fun. They really are. Lots and lots of fun in that sort of bullet hell style of games you know you you're never going to get to the end the game is intentionally made to be quite difficult Mm. so we're both going to keep that one Mm. and interestingly enough another bullet hole game darius also known as g darius now before you Um, say anything about this did you know that the darius on the mega drive mini is the unreleased arcade port oh i did not know that Mm. it's an unreleased arcade interesting So it's slightly different to if you actually played Darius back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, what I'll say to you is I don't remember playing Darius on the Mega Drive. I do remember playing G Darius on the PlayStation. Yeah, the 3D one, uh, shooting the big fish. Yeah. That demo disc. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely don't remember it on the Mega Drive. But because the PlayStation version was so much fun and because the arcade game was so much fun, I'm going to keep it. Mm. Um, You can't beat... At least from my point of view, you can't be a bullet hell space shooter. There are loads of fun to play. Mm. What about you, Squidge? Are you keeping it? Yeah, keep it. It's, it's, a, it's okay. one of those aspect nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're about halfway through, I think, uh, this list. Almost. So that's pretty good. So the next one is another one of those Tetris clones, although it's called Puyo Puyo in other um, places, in other regions. This is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Get out. Don't want it. Exactly. Get rid of it. I hate this game. Absolutely. And it's one of the reasons why I can't play Sonic Mania, because between certain levels, you have to do Mean Bean Machine It's the. um, I'll tell you what level it is. It's the new level on Sonic Mania. It's like um, a futuristic slightly casino partly cyberpunkish level the boss you have to do a level of dr robotnik's mean beam machine i mean when i played it, i did it but it was because i i just kind of fumbled my way through it i won't sit down and play yeah. mean beam machine because it's just ugh. so i've swapped it yeah i've swapped it too i'm going to tell you what i've swapped it for mm-hmm. or do you want to go first no, you go first Okay, so I am swapping Dr. Robotnik's slow-ass stupid puzzle game for Streets of Rage. (laughs) Dude. Now, we'll find out as we go through this list, there is already Streets of Rage 2 on this device, Mm. but I want them both. (laughs) We don't talk about Streets of Rage 3. I want Streets of Rage 1 and 2. Mm. Good swap, man. Good swap. 
What about you, Squidge? What are you swapping it for? Mill marker. Okay, cool. That was my Moonwalker swap. Of course I was going to have Moonwalker on there. <laughs> but that, that's my first swap. It would be Moonwalker. Okay. I like it. Okay, so, we're, so we've gotten this far into the list, and this is the first game you're swapping out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I didn't realize that you hated Dr. Robotics, Me and Bay Machine that much. Uh, I just, I mean, columns is all right because you just get three of the same crystal. But Me and Bay yeah. Machine is something about when you drop them, when they when they're next to each other, they attach. Mm. I'm not. I mean, it's it's a, a nice visual cue for the person playing it, saying you know you've got this down here if you get another one. But it's, I just didn't like it. All the things had eyes, and when you matched them up, they popped as well. So mm. it just it didn't sit right with me. It never has. Games it, like it's that. part of that series of games like uh, Doctor Mario and Puzzle Bubble and Bubble Bubble and su- Super the- Puzzle Fighter, that kind of thing. Yeah, I just, I've never gotten on with them. I always really dislike them, which is crazy considering the work that I do is essentially solving puzzles all day. Mm. And I don't like those style of puzzle games. And it's it's weird considering that those games, especially when my friends back in the day were really popular and they said, oh, let's play against each other. And I'd always lose. And yet when they go, oh, let's, let's play Streets of Rage, I'd be dragging them along. I'd be covering them, saving them, dragging them along. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know what it says about me, you know, but uh, they like to pop little beans with eyeballs. I like to beat the crap out of people. So in games, anyway, exactly. let's, let's put that in a gaming exactly. context. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, so yeah, next on the list is another one of those that I had never played before. And again, looking at the list, if it was, if it's, remember, these are my dream, this is my dream Mega Drive console, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want a game I've never played before. I've looked into, you know, a couple of Let's Plays and down, totally didn't download a ROM of it, um, you know, played through it and stuff. And yeah, I just, I can't, I can't see myself liking, liking playing it. So instead of playing Dynamite Heady, oh, I, was gonna I swapped s- it for... A, I was going to say, oh, you won't actually mention what it is, but... Yeah, I, I kind of don't want to. I mean, if you want to go into it, Switch. <laughs> no, I've played it. It was a very weird game, bit of a unique concept, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to swap it out for uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Ramo, I'm a ding dong. That's the one. I think that's all that needs to be said about that, to be honest. Apart from yeah, you, you custom created a character with a wolf's head. Exactly. I created Teen Wolf, because why not? Mm. <laughs> Which later went on yeah. to be your nickname. Exactly. So yeah, I'm totally, totally okay with getting rid of uh, Dynamite Heady and swapping it for NBA Jam because that's such a, it's so much more fun to play. Mm. You know, you wouldn't be able to swap it out because you'd need to get the licensing for every single player, but including people like Bill Clinton because he was in it. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely get rid of Dynamite Heady, swap it out for NBA Jam. So much more fun. Yeah, it's really weird that your nickname used to be Team Wolf and my avatar is now a wolf. Exactly right. So that's, that's a bit <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, so, I I just keep it on there because it's whenever I see like the front cover of Dynamite Heady, I just think that's a Mega Drive game. It's another one of those classics. I don't think it was released on anything else. That's fair enough. But then next on the list <laughs> is Earthworm Jim. Ah, Ruby. Indeed, indeed, and I can't think of a 
and much more any any other game that is as fun as a run around platform shooty game and as and as absurd it's bonkers as earthworm jim yeah did them um, did the cartoon spawn from the game or is it the other way around i believe it was the the cartoon and then the game but i could very well be wrong i know that um the original creator of the comic book is uh, sorry the original creator is creating a new comic book version of it so it's it's for i couldn't tell you i can't i read it the other day but i can't remember all i have to say about earthworm jim the first one not the second one the second one's a bit different earthworm jim one what other game can you launch a car into space exactly and when you're in a level in hell one of the standard enemies is a lawyer exactly it's it's ridiculous to the extreme. I, it really is. I love the fact the whole point of the game is you're going to uh, save... See if I can do the voice. Um, our hero, Earthworm Jim, has to go save Princess What's-Her-Name with his faithful exactly. companion, Peter Poppy. That was probably a really, exactly. bad, really bad impression, but I just I like that voice. Also, yeah, if you get the chance to track down the, the cartoon and watch it, it is just as maybe more absurd than the game's. Oh, oh, most definitely. We're not, we're not, counting, a... we're not counting the N- N64 game because that was just crap. No. no, no. <laughs> the, the cartoon had Dan Homer Simpson Castanella as the voice of Earthworm Jim as well. Psycho, what was it? Uh, Bob? Was he one of the bad guys? The goldfish in the... Yeah. In the... La Planeta de Aqua. Yeah. yeah. What else was there? You had the, the cat with like 17 lives. You had the queen and I can never remember her name. Uh that was easy. Queen Slug for a bit. Yeah, but I'm thinking of the full name. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, but, yeah, definitely. Earthworm Jim, the way to go. I've got on, um, on my list the stuff I'd keep. I've put a P next to it. So Darius mm-hmm. has got, like, six Ps. And Earthworm Jim has got seven. So okay. I'd, I'd, as in pass, so I'd keep. So Earthworm Jim's oh, definitely right, okay, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So you, you would keep Earthworm Jim then? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's keep Earthworm Jim. And then next on the list is one of those that's... Um, Again, a classic, isn't it's, it? It's a classic, and it's a technological marvel. But one of those, all about in, you don't have a clue what to do in the gear. Yeah, and it's all about environmentalism, and it's lovely, but it's slow-moving, and again, it's one of the puzzle games. Echo the Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that if you ever got to the ending boss, you had one chance. If you have a, you had one chance and you had like the boss, which is, seemed to be like an alien, and mm. you had jellyfish all around it that was rising up, I think. And if any of them caught you, they'd send you halfway back through the level. Mm. And you have to fight to get to the boss and then fight to beat the boss. And that was one of the things I just gave up in in the end. Yeah. Back definitely. in the day, I got all the way to the boss and I just thought, I'd, this is doing my nothing. <laughs> The first case of me yeah. raging in a game, I think, and that was after getting to the last stage in Mario 3 and that bloody hand on that bridge that would get you randomly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so, it's one of those classics, and you just got to keep it on there, even if you play it or don't. You see, we've got a difference of opinion here. You want to keep it, don't you? Mm. I want to get rid of it. You've got a lot of switches early on in this. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these are switched out early mm. on, yeah. Uh, so boot Echo the Dolphin to the sidewalk and bring in clacks. We talked about how Columns was just a Tetris clone, and yes, clacks is kind of a Tetris clone, but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's got to be fun. I can't if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay some money for a dream console 
and have a number of games on there that I would like to play every single time I play it, they've got to be fun ones. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, Echo the Dolphin out, clacks in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, next on the list um, is Eternal Champions. Did you ever play it? No. I did. Okay, what did you think? It's it's a game where you get a roster of between six to eight people, I think, random people. And there is a story yeah. mode on it. I don't remember it too much. What I do remember is it's a cartoon-style Mortal Kombat game, mm-hmm. obviously without the blood and guts. I remember playing it. I remember getting pretty far on it, but it's one of those where I think I'd just probably get rid and not switch it, to be honest. Oh, so you're just jettisoning it and not replacing it with anything else? Yeah, completely. Just just getting rid. Okay. It, it's fun for like the first 10 minutes. If that's like flipping between all of the characters, but mm-hmm. I'd just, I just jettison it if it was my choice. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I'm going to jettison it, but I'm going to replace it with something. Mm-hmm. Shadow of the Beast 2. Oh, God, why? <laughs> just why you see uh, it, it's for the almost for the same reasons that i got rid of echo of the dolphin you know shadow of the beast 2 is incredibly slow moving it's a mysterious story driven game that's hard as but at least it tells you the story yeah. and at least it kind of gives you a clue as to what to do next I, I, i'm just so, hearing the music from when you start the game now Ugh. And that, that what of, was it, a ball on a chain used as a weapon. Yeah, that wonderful sort of slow synthesizer. <laughs> that kind of music did my head in. Fair enough. Yet yet you, you like some synthwave stuff, which is kind I of I like synthwave stuff now. <laughs> but back <laughs> then, it was the, the synthiating games were very basic, very repetitive, mm. and it just really got on my wick. Absolutely, okay. So you're you're jettisoning Eternal Champions completely, mm. whereas I'm getting rid of it and replacing it with Shadow of the Beast 2. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Uh, next is Ghouls and Ghosts. Again, another one of those classic ones. I wouldn't touch it. It's staying on. Yeah, yeah same here. I've got to keep it. You know that you're a knight and you've got to run through a graveyard for no reason and you have an unlimited amount of javelins that you can throw at the enemies. If you get hit, you drop your armor and run around in your skivvies. Mm. And then if you kill an enemy, it has the uh, the ability to drop some um, more armor for, you to, armor for you to put on. So yeah, totally. Keep that. Loads of fun. Absolutely stupid. Mm. Definitely keep that one. Yeah. Mm. In a similar vein, Golden Axe is next. Oh, I, I can't remember all the things I called him it, but I did a blog post on this, and every time I mentioned Death Adder, I called him something else. Yes. I can't remember. It's been a while now. So, yeah, again, podcatcher, show notes, have a look at the, the blog post that Scrooge put together for Golden Axe, because that was one of his earlier ones, and it is loads of fun mm. to read through. And the game itself is loads of fun. It's easily one of the best non-Streets of Rage soundtracks on a side-scrolling beat-em-up for that generation, I think. Mm. Not just the Mega Drive, but for the entire generation. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely keep Golden Axe. What do you think, Squidge? Keeping it. Okay, I'm going to go throw a curveball here. Okay. Golden Axe or Golden Axe 2? I like Golden Axe 2 because it's pretty much the first one, but more. it's just got more levels, a few more mechanics, um, and the, the, there's more stages. But 
I'd rather play the first one because it's more difficult. Okay. It's kind of like, I, I don't know if you know this, but there was um, a remake of it. Yes, there was. A PlayStation 2 collection. And that game had one major problem that the first game had. Whereas if you're caught in a corner and there's more than one enemy hitting you, you were going to die. Simple as. Yes. They would just, they would juggle you in the air, they'd kick crap out you. There's no way to get around it. Even if you had magic, you couldn't push the magic button in time. It was a yeah. white pain. But yeah, I'd, I'd keep the first one just for that difficulty curve and you know, yelling at the top of my voice, just let me out the corner. Okay. Curveball number two. Mm-hmm. Golden Axe. Or Golden Axe 3. I'd say Golden Axe because you can still play as the old Viking dude. Okay. Definitely my favourite character, the green zippy git. <laughs> I didn't like the two characters they introduced in Golden Axe 3, so the panther and the, the hairy dude who attacked with just his bare hands. I wasn't a big fan of it. There's something about Sega side-scrolling beat-em-up games. After the second one, the quality drops off. Very quickly. I think it was because they either got a different artist in or like a different game lead that took it in a slightly different mm. direction. So in the first, like take Streets of Rage, for example, the first two Streets of Rage, you're going to take out Mr. X. Then the second yes. one, you're going to go take out Mr. X and Adam has been kidnapped. So that's where Skate comes in and Max. Max is his friend. Skate is his little brother. And you've got to go save him. In the third one, you got to save the police chief, and depending on what difficulty level you go on, you either get past the robot who's imitating the president, or you get up to that point and you never beat Mr. X. So what I think is, is after the second one, they try and add a bit more story in it, and it detracts from the gameplay. Yeah. Which, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, Streets of Rage 3, it's a really good game. They added some really good mechanics, but they also added Dr. Zan, and I don't think they mm-hmm. needed to. And that, that took away from it in Golden Axe 3. They added the panther and the the like the like hairy beast guy. And I don't think it needed to either. So I think I think the problem is they add story and a few characters that no one's used to. And it's sort of sure. a put-off. It was for me, anyway. Although okay, any, yeah, any good side-scrolling beat-em-up game worth its salt over whatever console has to have an elevator level in some way. Oh, it, Definitely. If it doesn't, it's not going to work. The game isn't going to be good. I can't, I can't remember when I'd said it, but I'm sure I put out a tweet that was, what's your favourite level from Streets of Ridge and why is it the elevator level? <laughs> yes. Yes. I totally get behind that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, next one is Gunstar Heroes. Now, Gunstar Heroes is hailed as being one of the best side-scrolling shooter games on the on the Mega Drive, and for that reason, I'm going to keep it. How do you feel about it, Squidge? Uh, well, before I tell you my feelings, a little factoid for you. Oh, yeah. The people who made Cuphead said one of their major inspirations was from Gunstar Heroes. Oh, okay. It's, they so they drew it, a lot of inspiration from it, sort of like the the gameplay mechanics and the one of the boss levels, because you choose four gems and then you go against the final boss. One of the boss levels is like you have to roll a dice and go along a board. So it's kind of like the board game slash quiz at the end of Banjo-Kazooie before you fight Gruntilda. Mm-hmm. And they took a lot of inspiration. If you've played that level and you played Cuphead to like the final end, which if you have you know, more power to you because I can't do it, <laughs> the, the ending boss level where you fight the dice guy slash devil 
or is it before the devil? I can't remember. It's very similar to the dice level in Gunstar Heroes. I definitely keep it because it is a hell of a lot of fun. Whenever I pick it up and play it, I always play it until I either complete it or run out of lives or continues or whatever. Again, it's one of those classics for um, Mega Drive. Okay, yeah. So we're both agreeing we should keep it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's, that's got like four Ps next to it. Definitely pass that one. <laughs> so what about the next one, right? Which is Kid Chameleon. Possibly the second rage-inducing game I've ever played. I like the the platform platformy element to it and all the different heads and stuff. But for me, it, I think it... I don't know. It was the first game I ever played that had a hell of a lot of secrets. Mm-hmm. And the fact that if you've got whatever head it is, so samurai, skull, like tank, that weird hoover tornado thing, if you get hit once, you lose it. And that mm-hmm. really wound me up. I mean, the story of it was awesome. You know, an, a VR arcade machine has got to a point where it's become self-aware and anyone that goes into it never comes out. Then you've got one guy who goes in who's determined to take the arcade machine down, which mm. is, I don't know if it's called Kid or something. There's, there's, a, there's a weird story to it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those games that I like it, but always has me raging. Yeah, definitely. Um, but again, it's a classic, so I'd keep it. Yeah, same here. Keep it for exactly the same reasons. It's still a fun game to play, but it is one of those that you're going to get upset at playing because mm. it's going to be, you know, it's going to do your head in. Yeah. It's sort of like anyone who plays like the Souls games, you know you're going to get wound up about it, but you just go in because you think, I've played this before, I like the game. Also, the hell with this game. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right, exactly. Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectral Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleansing music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Gay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link. Are you ready? Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, okay. It's a bit cold here. I ain't got a jumper on, so I'm just covering myself. With poop? With maple syrup. Cover oh. me in maple syrup and throw me to the dogs. <laughs>